Hey friends and welcome back or if it's your first time here, welcome, I'm Maria, 17 years old student at the German high school and I'm the host of the Laughing Learning Podcast. For all of you who want to instantly find out more about this channel, I've created a short but complete trailer with the most important facts you need to get going. We currently find ourselves in the diary of an unmotivated student, where I share my experience of being in such an awful mental state, how I deal with it, and how I'm approaching my healing process. The last few weeks were tough. I was always on the go, traveling from one place to another, didn't get much sleep, but it was the best time I had in quite a long time. I've had the chance to meet incredible people of all ages and I learned so much from every single one of them that I do feel like a different person now. It definitely gave me a boost that I didn't expect and honestly, I don't know how long we will still need the diary of an unmotivated teenager. I mean, of course I'm happy to move on and to get back on track, but I don't know, I just feel like this is such a powerful and unique format that helps both you and me and with school coming up I'm sure this will come in handy sooner or later, so I guess we're going to keep it up in the background. Anyway, we have to catch up on quite a lot, there's so many little bits I want to share with you on how I could come so far in a fairly short amount of time and how I plan to continue, so let's not waste any more time and let's dive straight into this diary entry. As I already mentioned in the beginning, I've been to several different workshops the last few weeks and although they were packed with learning and being flooded with information from several different topics, my brain was soaking it all up like a sponge and I didn't feel fatigued at all in that moment. Don't get me wrong, after that I did get to feel the consequences of my brain probably working harder than at school for several weeks straight, but if I compare it to me attending classes at school and feeling tired and bored after a few hours, it really was a mind-blowing phenomenon to me. Of course, we have to consider that there is a significant difference between the things we have to learn at school and the things I learned during these workshops. I'd say it's pretty normal that if I choose to go somewhere, it's because I like the topic and I don't have that freedom of choice while I'm at school. But still, and this is something we all forget way too often because we take it for granted, but learning is a physical effort. It requires energy and it requires our brain, which is a muscle, to work. We just don't really feel it burning and working, but it definitely does, no matter what we're learning and when. Going back to my experience, on those days I did nothing else than engaging my brain to soak up all the information that was thrown at me from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep, and at least during that time I didn't feel like I couldn't do it anymore, which brings me to the conclusion that there has to be something more behind this. By now I've been on vacation, which was basically me sleeping and recovering from that beautiful but yet stressful marathon of workshops. And now that I've been home for a few days now, I feel like a different person. Not completely different, just, I don't know, I think defrosted is the best word to describe how I'm feeling right now. Because it feels like I'm starting to coming back. I think my happy to learn and work on the things I love myself is kinda coming back. And maybe I simply needed that vacation, maybe I'm just building a whole vision in my brain whereas in reality I was just tired and needed some rest. But I think there are a few things that I've taken from this experience and a few aspects that were the reason why I'm feeling so much better right now. The first one is probably the biggest, which is accountability. I've had the chance to meet incredible people, both adults and others of my age. 
that really inspired me and I really look up to whether it is because of what they do or think and I was able to develop an incredible network that I know I can rely on and I know that I care to them as much as I care for them. And this energy, this, I'd say, healthy pressure to perform well, really gave me a boost of confidence and will to pursue my projects and to not abandon them. It was a reassuring moment and I know well that there are a lot of people in my social environment that did and do care a lot about what I do, starting with my family or to my friends and so on. But in that situation that I was in before summer break, I just didn't realize how much this verbal reassurance will help me staying on track. But I think we can all learn from this because I feel like this is just me talking about me, you know, that not that interesting after all, is that sometimes speaking out loud what seems clear is what really helps a person getting out of such a negative spiral. If you feel like it's obvious that you'd help your best friend if they had a problem, just tell them directly when they do. Hearing something just through our ears and not through the negative emotions that come with our inner voice gives the sentence a completely different weight and meaning. The second one wasn't clear to me literally until a few days ago. So here's me giving you live first-hand advice myself got a few ways back. During those weeks we had a pretty tight schedule, from waking up to classes to free time everything was planned and we had those big posters to remind us of the schedule. On the one hand it was quite overwhelming to see that it was going to be another pack day and one coffee wouldn't be enough, but on the other hand, following that structure every day and knowing what would come next also allowed my brain to get accustomed to that and knowing by itself what was coming and that there was something coming. Hypes on social media usually aren't really explainable, but I start to see the reason behind routines more than ever. I'm not a scientist, I think I've said this phrase more than anything else, but I think you can't stress this concept enough in the internet world of the 21st century. This is just the explanation that I have for myself based on what makes routines so beneficial to me personally and what science says regarding those observations. Back to the question. How do routines help us overcome procrastination? If you look at some of the reasons why we procrastinate many times, the cause is not knowing what to do or how to do something and the fear of failure that often goes with it. I'm sure you've also sometimes experienced that once you took that first step, once you know how things work, the following ones were much easier. And it's not only that. There's this little nice phenomenon called decision fatigue, which means that you have a limited amount of decisions during a day before your brain goes up. It's incredible, isn't it? Choosing what we want to wear, to eat, to do, it all comes at a cost. If you structure your day so that you know what you have to do, in which time span you have to do it, and what comes next, without having to decide every single time you finish an activity, well, that's what I like to call the best insurance for protecting ourselves from procrastination, at least from these points of view. Based on that knowledge, I've been trying out a new morning and evening routine, so here's my approach right now. There's absolutely no point in trying to cram activities in the morning that I'm simply not going to do. 
I'm not able to read first thing in the morning because chances are I'm falling back to sleep right away. Same happens with meditation, trust me, I speak of experience. There were countless times where I just found myself sleeping in my bed while I was doing my meditation. I, I'm simply not able to stay awake if a person speaks to me in a voice that should calm me down at 4 a.m. in the morning. It's not possible. But here comes the point. This doesn't mean I can't do them throughout the day. And that's the thing with routines that I think made the biggest difference this time. Routines are meant to work without willpower. They're supposed to structure a chain of events in a way that is so natural we're automatically doing it. It is not about cramming productive activities into a short period of time. With this in mind, I started with asking myself what I naturally do after waking up, right after I open my eyes. And usually this will be turning off my alarm and then going to the bath. And that's already the beginning of my morning routine, as easy as that. I don't drink gallons of water, I don't read, I don't do anything else than switching off my alarm, drinking some water if I feel like it, and going to the bath. It doesn't sound productive, it doesn't seem aesthetic, but see how there is no friction at all. I don't have to overcome myself first thing in the morning. So moving on, after I know who and where I am and uh, I've seen some light, most of the times I'm ready to take on the first real task of the day. I've incorporated two new things to my routine that I never did before, which is checking on my routine on the actual steps, because it is a new routine, so I basically only know the routine because I've written it somewhere, and my daily tasks, which uh, honestly I never did before because it was always clear, like, go to school and then do homework and stuff like that. But now that we have holidays, I don't have this going to school every day. So I need my daily tasks and make myself a cup of tea. I never liked tea since I was little. Now with 17 years, I've discovered that I actually like it. So yeah, I've incorporated that one. And it's nothing fancy. It's nothing that increases my productivity but it's actually more than simply reviewing the list and having something to drink. To me, it's more like a signal that makes me switch to work mode way easier, because I'm repeating the steps. Open the journal, make a cup of tea. Every day, my brain doesn't have to decide which tea, because I'm always drinking the same tea. My brain doesn't have to decide where my notes are, because they were written the day before in the same diary I use every single day since Two or three days and that's way easier my brain doesn't have to do anything and because i'm repeating the steps in the same order and then go to work my brain they've tried this with dogs and giving them food when the bell rings maybe you've heard of that experiment it works our brain is that stupid if you want to say it like that if you do a chain of actions always the same your brain will remember it most Probably. Of course, same goes at the end of a work session, putting everything back not only pre prevents chaos, but also helps me shift to the next activity. Especially if the next activity is again on the desk, it's very helpful to just get a cut, maybe bring something new to drink, uh, move around, open the window, just getting a shift, a brain shift, always helps with preparing 
for something new that's coming. Next comes in another important feature a morning routine should always have and of course also night routine, flexibility. I don't think I need to add anything more, life is, isn't always the same. I was just gonna say life is always the same. I think I need more sleep. We're human beings and therefore not perfect, like you saw right now. Sometimes instead of work I feel like reading or I'd go for a walk and listen to a podcast or do yoga and if the work I have to do isn't vital, I'm just gonna shift that to later, who cares? There's a big difference between discipline and strategic use of energy. Why force yourself to work with a worse outcome if you can do it later and instead do what you generally want to do and which makes you feel better? Our willpower is as limited as our decisions, and using it wisely is quite strategic, isn't it? Things are a bit different, of course, if the alternative to work is scrolling through social media, but in the next episode I'm going to share some tips that will make this activity a valid option. But you have to wait until the next episode, which is coming soon. It's always already work in progress. This first work vlog that I have in the morning lasts around 45 to 50 minutes, which usually is exactly the time it takes me before I start feeling tired and I need a break. And because I usually sit at my desk, it comes naturally to me to stand up and refuel my body. This means grabbing something small to eat to be well fueled for my next activity, which is sports. And again, you can see the direct transition from sitting at a desk and after that getting some movement to balance that out. This can range from a workout to a nice lovely walk, it depends on the day really. And after a nice shower and a nice breakfast, and yes, I do watch YouTube while I eat breakfast, and I could explain this to you, but we do have the next episode for that, so let's just shift it back for a moment, but you're going to get your answers, of course. What do we learn from all of my infinite talking? Start see your routine as a PowerPoint presentation with those smooth transitions in between the slides. Don't try forcing yourself into something you can't stick to or implement it one step at a time if it's a new habit you want to implement. Combining it with another habit you already have maybe. And if you want to find out more about habit building and you haven't read it yet, I highly, highly recommend the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is probably the most famous book out there for habit building, which I totally understand because I feel like this is a book where you really have a step-by-step -step guide on what to do and it's not like, it's, it's not one guide, it's several little guides. Each chapter is, I think, pretty much of a unit itself and you can directly apply what you learn in your real life. So. Definitely, this was, I think, the first book I got regarding like habit building and productivity and stuff like that. And I'm, I think it's also the, the only book I read from from the start to finish. I'm very bad at reading books, this whole books. I'm sorry for that. But that this only testifies the meaning of this book. So definitely grab a copy of that. And if you made it that far, by the way, thanks. It really means a lot to me knowing that what I share resonates with you. And as a little reward, here's the last small trick to beat procrastination, which is called the Hemingway Bridge, named after the famous author Ernest Hemingway. And 
just to let you know, I've learned this one today, the, the day of this recording. So I don't think you've ever heard any other episode of any other podcast giving you so fresh information like this. Anyway, we've spoken about one very specific cause of procrastination, which is a lack of knowledge. And what this bridge does is make sure you always know what to do next. Again, we want to build smooth transitions to avoid both procrastination and decision fatigue. And it's actually quite easy to apply. Before you end a work session and you haven't finished that project yet, write down what you did and most importantly, the next steps to take. So don't end the activity when you finished a certain subtask, always think about the next one. Or, which is always the best, when you start feeling a little bit tired, but you have you know, this great idea, this next project, this next step, just write it down and stop the session. This is not only good because you recover, it is perfect because you have something that you can rely on the next time you're going to sit on this project and you know you, you're not just starting from scratch and you, you already know what you did what are the next steps are and you don't need those endless minutes spending on looking where you stopped what you do have to do it's just wasted time so when this when the idea first comes don't waste that moment write it down and keep it for the next time it's basically impossible that you're going to procrastinate on such a project ever again basically so definitely give this a try i'm gonna give this a try myself because as i already mentioned it's a brand new lesson it couldn't be a new lesson and i think it's time to wrap up this episode we had longer ones i think but this is quite near to the record so yeah i think we needed an episode like that after such a long time going without and i hope the next episodes don't have to be that long because i couldn't keep up with the pace but we're in holiday i have time hopefully you do as well and i hope that this step-by-step -step guide with me as an example is helpful to apply my devices because i always feel when the author or the person who's speaking about uh, the concept shares how they use it in their daily lives it's so much easier to get what they're talking about and not everything has to work for you please keep that in mind but i think everything is worth a try isn't it thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed please consider sharing this episode subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to check out all the other channels for more content and that's it for now we've reached the 90th minute right now Stay healthy and I can't wait for the next episode. See you there. 